Well, it's great to see everybody. So thankful that you're here. And uh, real quick shout out to my good friend and partner in crime, Pastor Chad Harper. Today is his 39th birthday. Did y'all know that? Happy birthday to Chad Harper. And I know he's been a huge blessing to so many of you. So maybe afterwards you can give him a high five and wish him a happy, happy birthday. Well, so good to see all of you. Today is Vision Sunday. As you can tell, I'm representing here. I got a little new Rethink Life gear. We want to encourage you to get some on your way out today and, and uh, be a walking billboard for Jesus and for our awesome church and uh, let people know what God is doing. Well, today we really wanted to set aside some time just to, once again, kind of push, reset, and uh, just go back and revisit who we are, why we do what we do as a church. And, you know, we, yesterday was day 21 of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and uh, it was an amazing journey the past 21 days. Uh, yesterday was our, our concluding uh, prayer rally, and so it was just awesome as we came together, and it was really kind of the explanation, ex, exclamation point of uh, our 21-day our journey. And, um, you know, when you think about our heart and our passion here at Rethink Life, uh, we don't ever want to try to you know, uh, and even come close to attempting to pulling off the mission and the vision by ourselves. There's no way we can do it on our own. You, you, can I get an amen on that? Man, we need the power of God. We need the power of God at work in and through our lives. And we take prayer serious. And so that's the reason why um, first 21 days of the new calendar year, we just set aside that time. We just want to invite God into the process. And we just want to ask for the supernatural power, uh, power in favor of God. We want God to put his super on our natural. And we do the same thing in August. And so obviously when school uh, gets back into a new uh, calendar year, we always like to kind of push reset. And so we do 21 days of prayer. And, of course, the first Saturday of every month, we always do first Saturday prayer. And so, once again, we just want to pave the way. We want to set the course. We want to set the tone through prayer and believe God for great things. And um, if you're here today, maybe as a first-time guest, you can have picked a better day to come. And the reason why is because today also is our life group, uh, life group launch day. And so today when uh, you leave... I really do pray that you'll take a few moments, linger a little longer than you typically would. Uh, in fact, we have some refreshments and things for you to take advantage of. And we want you to go out into the lobby and hang out, check out some of our life groups. There is a group for you. In fact, most of our life groups uh, usually uh, fall in usually seven to eight categories, um, mainly because there are you know, various themes or topics that we just believe um, are really important. Um, when it comes to groups, at least taking some time to prioritize some of those areas. And so uh, I promise you, you'll find a group. And I encourage you to find maybe several groups to kind of check out, call ahead, find out the details of their group, um, and, and go. Just, just go check it out. Just experiment until you find the right group and the right time, the right people. You'll know it when you find it, but I promise you, it'll be well worth it. Because when you find people you can do life with, I'm telling you, that's where you'll grow. That's where relationships happen, and that's where I believe life change happens best in the context of relationships. So, again, if you're new with us today, uh, today's a great, great day for you to get connected. And it's also step four of our growth track, and so it's a great way to join a group. It's a great way to join a team to begin making a difference with your life. But we exist as a church, a uh, very simple mission. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, that's just, that's how we roll. <laughs> that's who we are. That's what we do. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. How we fulfill that mission is through the vision that God has given us. 
And that is to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I need your help with that. Our vision to help fulfill our mission is to help people know, find, discover, make a difference. And I don't think there's any uh, really more powerful way to see that come to fruition than to actually see a person, to see a face that really matches those four important statements. Because that's our heart. That's why we do what we do. Is to help people know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, and, and make a difference. And God has done an amazing thing, especially over the last uh, 12 months, over the course of 2017. God's done some incredible things. But I want you to hear specifically from one that truly has encountered what it means to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Her name is Paula, and I want you to hear her story. Watch this. in Catholic school, you know, grew up with a good family, uh, grew up with my mom, my dad, my brother, surrounded by a lot of family, a lot of friends, um, attending church services every, every week, every weekend, every week at school, but I really didn't feel like I had a relationship with God, and I, I dare to say that I didn't know I didn't have a relationship with God, and I didn't know that there was a need for a relationship with God until the first time I attended the first service at Rethink Life Church. That's when I realized, wow, this is what it is about. This is what's been missing. The first time I attended Rethink Life Church, it was a great experience. I was by myself. The kids were being taken care of. I was present. I, I was, uh, I, I just think it was, it was meant to be, it was meant to happen. Um, I was there completely present in the moment and just the worship, the, the worship experience, the, the warm welcome from everybody in the dream team and the message from the pastor. Just it was like it was a perfect moment, completely planned out by God. And and that day I knew I was in the right place, in the right circumstances. And that day I realized um, that I could live in freedom that I could leave knowing that that God was was there that God was real and that all I needed to do was make it a priority to get closer it, it's it, it was like an aha moment um, and it was great like I I'll never it, it gives me chills thinking about it but um, I'll never forget that day I I was at peace at a, at a new peace that I had never felt before and and from there I've grown so much in faith, in uh, being able to talk about God free, freely. Like, I, I have no shame in saying, you know, God this, or talk about Bible verses, or pick up the Bible and not feel, like, weird because, um, because I have a relationship with God. I am so thankful for everything that has happened in my life in the last year and a half. And in my life, in my family's life, uh, we've experienced so many, so many blessed moments and so much growth, so much has changed. Personally, I never thought I would be leading a life group for months. I felt it in my heart, but always, there was always doubt and hesitation and fear. Uh, I, 
I decided to go to the next level and lead the life group and the, um, the experiences that, that I've gained from it, gain new friends, gain relationships that I never thought would be possible and all because of the life group. Uh, in, in my professional level, I've also experienced a lot of growth and, and relating it to being more intentional and living in purpose. And uh, that because I participated in the Leadership Academy. Um, I'm part of a dream team and I, ju I just love being there, opening the door for when people come in to be like that smile, that first hi, that first hello they hear when they step into, uh, into our church. Because that's what made me feel welcome from the moment I stepped in that hi, I feel like, oh, okay, there's nice people here. <laughs> So it's, um, I just want to encourage other people to, you know, take the next step, do something this year, go all in. Like Pastor Rodney always says, the best is yet to come, the best is going to come, but we have to take steps towards that best that is to come. I'm thankful for everything that God has done in our lives, and I'm really excited to see what happens from this moment on. Thank you very much. Isn't that amazing? Paula and her entire family, their lives have been changed and uh, had the opportunity of baptizing them and just an incredible, incredible story and just literally a little over a year and um, they're, they have grown so much and have taken those steps that she's emphasized and, and that's all heart. That's what we desire for every one of you is to come into a relationship with God, to know God to find freedom, to say goodbye to you yesterday's once and for all, to, to literally bring closure to your past and, and embrace the purpose, the freedom, the, the new purpose that God has for you so that you can make a difference with your life. That's God's vision. That's not us. Hey, that's God's vision. That's His heart. That's His passion for you and for me is that we will understand that and more importantly live that out in every area of our lives. And so today I want to talk to you about the subject as it relates to our vision, whatever it takes. So turn to your neighbor and say, whatever it takes. Come on, whatever it takes. Incredible story in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 2, looking at verses 1 through 12. If you have your, your app, you want to open it up and follow along, or, or you have your, uh, your paper Bible, uh, whatever you have access to, go ahead and open it up. Mark chapter 2, looking at verses 1 through 12. I love this story. Some of you perhaps have uh, read it before. It's familiar. Others of you, maybe you've never seen or maybe you've heard um, this particular passage or story before, but I love it. Here's what it says, beginning at verse 1, Mark chapter 2, when... When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was packed with visitors there, and there was no more room, even outside the door. Many believe that this was Peter, the apostle Peter's house, where Jesus was hanging out. Word hit the street. People came from everywhere, came out of the woodwork to, to hear Jesus. And so we pick up the story. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head, and then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And I love this. Sing their faith, not the paralyzed man, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, 
My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers in religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, well, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Well, Jesus immediately knew what they were thinking. And so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? It is, is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to this paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. And they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Can you imagine being in that house that night, being in that situation, seeing it all unfold? I mean, you would be freaking out. You would be, you would be astonished. You would be amazed if you had witnessed and encountered a miracle like those people had just encountered. Well, there are three things that I want to drive home from this particular story as it relates to our vision and our heart and why we feel that God has called us to do what we do as a local church. And the first is this. If you take a note, people are valuable to God. People are valuable to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you matter to God. I'm telling you, whatever you do, don't forget that. You matter to God. We all matter to God. People matter to God. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Let me tell you something. God loves you and he loves me. And what you need to understand is that God has a whatever it takes mindset towards you. Why? Because you and I, we have infinite worth and value to God. God created you. And not only did he create you, but he created you for a purpose so that you can have a relationship with him. You were created by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never, never make sense to you. And so again, understand that, listen, people are valuable to God. I love what Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates. God actually did whatever it took. He proved, he showed you and me, and that while we were still sinners, listen to this. Christ died for us. Here was a paralyzed man. He had no hope, no future. He was paralyzed. But this paralyzed man had four friends who, who cared about him. I mean, his four, listen, his four friends had a genuine love and concern for him. I mean, think about it. His friends saw tremendous worth and value, not just in their friendship and their relationship with this paralyzed man, but, but they just believed that, hey, our friend matters to God. And when they learned that Jesus was near, man, they wanted to do whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus. Why? Because their friend mattered to them. And they knew that ultimately he mattered to God. I just think that ought to be the attitude in the heart of every follower of Jesus Christ. In light of all that God has done for us. I mean, that's what worship is. It's our response to God. That's what worship is. It has really nothing to do with music. No, it's, it's our response, our life, our lifestyle, how we choose to live our life. It's, our, it's a lifestyle of worship. So our response to God should be, God, whatever it takes. God, whatever you need me to do. God, I'm available. I'm yours. And so when we see that, you know what, people matter, and God has chosen me to be able to be his hands and feet and his voice to speak his hope 
in life and to the lives of other people, when I understand that people matter, and they matter to God and they matter to me, well, guess what, God? I'm happy to give a portion of what belongs to you back to you through worship through the tithe and giving. God, listen, I'm happy to give of my time when it comes to, to serving and volunteering and, and being a part of a team and making a difference. Why? Because of all that, God, you have done for me. God, I am, I am honored that you have chosen me to be your hands and the feet and to be a part of your plan and your purpose. So, God, if that means that I can grow and I can become better and I can help meet needs and I can pastor people and I can help be a part of changed lives and support one another and grow together and develop together to advance your purpose and to grow your church and advance your cause, if that means being a part of a group of people, hey, God, I'm all in whatever it takes. Listen, when we understand that people value, they have tremendous value to God, they're going to have tremendous value to us. And so, that's why Jesus came. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. So people are valuable to God. Number two, Jesus is the answer. You guys believe that? I mean, Jesus is the answer. You know, we hear so much these days about, you know, politics and policies and get this right and get that group right and, you know, we can get reform over here and we can change this and we can change that. And I'm all for those, those things all have a, they all have a purpose, but it's not the answer, not the solution. Listen, for the wages, the Bible says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Let me tell you something. There is no policy. There is no platform. There is no plan that can change America, that can change the world. The only hope is found in Jesus, for the wages of sin is death. And not only talking about physical death, hey, it's talking about spiritual death. And what that simply means is that if we die physically and we are lost spiritually, we have no hope. And that's the reason why Jesus died on the cross. He died for your sin and for mine. He paid the ultimate price. He was crucified, placed into a tomb, and three days later came back to life. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Why? Because Jesus is the answer. He's the solution. He's the hope of the world. He's the hope to our city. And so as a church, listen, we've got to do whatever it takes when it comes to reaching people who matter to God, who are far from God. Why? Because people are valuable to God. And because they're valuable to God, they ought to be valuable to us. Why? Because Jesus is the only hope. He's the only answer. He's the solution. And I think sometimes what happens is, is that we get we get frustrated and we even get maybe defeated when maybe we don't see situations or circumstances around us changing. Listen, guess what? When you change, circumstances around you would change. I promise you. And so it begins with us. We got to allow the answer to resonate in our hearts. We got to allow Jesus to change us from the inside out. Listen, when we change, our world will change. Get the man right, the world will get right. And so we've got to we got to say, God, listen, I, whatever it takes, I, I want to help be an agent of change. And you think about these four guys who took their paralyzed friend to Jesus. They, they showed up at his house and the place is packed to capacity, standing room only. People, I mean, hanging out 
man, you know, probably the, the, the window sills, you know, out the front door. I mean, they were standing outside. People could not get in. So here are these four guys. They heard Jesus was in town. They have enough compassion and concern for their friend. So they're carrying their paralyzed friend to Jesus. Why? Because they were convinced that Jesus was the healer. He was the only hope. He was the solution. He was the answer to their paralyzed friend. And you know and I know people, listen, all throughout our community, throughout our city, who are paralyzed by sin. They're paralyzed by their past. They're paralyzed by their addictions. They're paralyzed by the broken pieces of their lives, a failed marriage, a broken past, or whatever the situation or circumstances might be. But I'm here to tell you, people all over our city and all over our nation and around the world are paralyzed by sin. And the only hope and solution and the answer is the person of Jesus Christ. And so these guys were convinced of that, and so they show up on the scene, packed house, and they're thinking to themselves, what in the world is going on? But rather than getting defeated, rather than being intimidated by the crowd, rather than being intimidated by the situation or the circumstances or the physical limitations, they refused to give up. Why? Because their attitude was, whatever it takes, we have a friend who's paralyzed, and we got to get him some help. So here's what's amazing. They didn't focus on their limitations. They didn't focus how big the barriers were. No, they were just convinced that God was bigger than their barriers. And whatever it takes, we're going to get our friend to Jesus. And so here's what they did. They thought outside the box. And that's what we're going to do next week. We kick off a brand new message series. I'm super pumped about it. It's called Unboxed. Because that's that's what needs to happen with some of us. We need to live the life outside the box. God never called us to live inside the box. God never called you, never called me to live in the safe zone where it is all perfect and it is all predictable, where it is safe, and that is the place of comfort and convenience and predictability. I'm telling you, if you thrive on that, you will never grow. You'll never experience everything that God has for you. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. You'll never live a full life inside the box. No, we got to live unboxed. we got to live outside of the box in faith. Why? Because God didn't call us to live in a safe zone. He called us to be unboxed, to live in the faith zone. I'm fired about fired up about next week. So anyway, you don't want to miss it. Bring your friends. But here's the thing. These guys, they thought outside the box. So what did they do? They said, there's got to be a way to get our friend to Jesus. And so they, they decided, hey, let's climb up on top of the roof. So they climb up on top of the roof. Can you imagine these four guys carrying their paralyzed friend on a mat up the stairs on the roof and then somebody suddenly is beginning to dig out a hole probably from the from the mud tattered roof line they dug a hole to the point to where they suddenly got it worked out where their friend who is in this mat they were able to kind of attach him to a rope they lowered him on the mat down the hole right directly in front of Jesus can you imagine I mean all the debris falling Jesus is teaching, places packed, people all of a sudden are being distracted by the commotion that's going on in the ceiling. They're freaking out. All of a sudden, this man is lowered right in front of Jesus, and Jesus stops. And it wasn't because of the man's faith, but it was because of the the faith of the four friends who had a whatever-it-takes mindset to get their friend to Jesus. Why? Because they were convinced that Jesus was the answer. And you know, for many of us in this room, let me tell you something, when you have friends in your life and 
maybe your spouse or maybe one of your kids or your grandkids or maybe a coworker or somebody that you know that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, man, that ought to motivate you to do whatever it takes and not get discouraged or defeated because maybe they're not coming around, maybe they're not responding, maybe they're not taking you up on the invitation, maybe they're not where they could be or they, not, they may not be where they should be in their spiritual journey. But let me tell you something, you don't ever give up, you don't ever throw in the towel, don't allow the barriers to be bigger than your belief that God can do the impossible. Listen, we serve a powerful God, we serve a miracle working God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Man, if God is for us, then who in the world can be against us? Let me tell you something, Jesus is the answer, and we got to do whatever it takes to get people into the presence of Almighty God. Let me tell you something, he's the change agent. He's the one that brings transformation. That's the reason why we as a church, that's why we exist, to lead people to a growing relationship with Jesus. And that's, 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 that's what we want. And you know what, you know, we're, what's awesome is the fact that we're one church with two locations. And we're believing God, you know what? We're believing God that he's going to give us a place, a permanent place. I'm believing God that he's going to give us a, a permanent piece of land and we can build a permanent broadcast location and campus that will support not just one church and two churches and three campuses and four campuses and five campuses, but by God's glory and by his grace, seven campuses and eight campuses and ten campuses, whatever it takes to reach people who are far from God, who matter to God. Why? Because we live in a city that's dying and going to hell. You don't believe me? Orlando Magazine just rated Orlando as the second most sinful city in America. Well, that's real encouraging. But it's the truth. And it's sad when you think about the lostness of our city. And as a matter of fact, um, an organization, a church planning organization here in greater Orlando, estimates that they're on average over 80,000 people move into Orlando every year. And of those 80,000-plus people that move into the city of Orlando, only 14.7% of those people actually attend any church. And what breaks my heart is that 54% of them claim no religious affiliation whatsoever. And what that tells you and tells me, and by the way, Forbes magazine voted Orlando as the second fastest metropolitan city in America. The second fastest growing metropolitan city. You could not be in a more strategic place on planet Earth to win the lost, to reach people who are valuable to God than right here, right now. And our attitude should be whatever it takes. Whatever it takes because Jesus is the answer to a world and to a nation and to a city and to a town and to a community that's paralyzed by sin. Jesus is the one who can set them free. He's it. He's it. And so when you understand the role and the purpose that God has for you and for me, it's this. People are valuable to God. Jesus is the answer. And together we make a difference. Do you believe that? Together, we, we, me and you, those people you're sitting next to, people in front of you, people behind you, together, all of us, together, hey, we make a difference. These four men, I just would have loved to have been there that night and seen this whole thing unfold. But here's what's awesome. It wasn't one guy and a paralyzed friend. It wasn't two guys 
and a paralyzed friend. It wasn't three guys and a paralyzed friend. Four guys. Four guys. It's called a small group. It's called a life group. It's called a band of brothers coming together. Why? Because they had a genuine love and concern for a friend that was paralyzed. And they were convinced. They were convinced. No matter what, whatever it took, they were going to get their friend to Jesus. Because they just knew if they could get their friend to Jesus, somehow, some way, Jesus would change and transform and heal their friend's life. And I love the fact that these four men, they came together. And because they shared life in common and they they had a genuine love. They had a, they had a friend who had, a, had an overwhelming physical need, but Jesus pointed out something even more when they lowered him down on that mat in front of the, the onlookers and right there in front of Jesus. Notice what Jesus said. He said, because of the faith of your, your four friends, because of their belief, because of their vision, because of their desire to see God do something in your life, notice what Jesus said. He said, your sins are forgiven he said pick up your mat stand up and walk out of here a new person what does that tell us what that tells us is this Jesus not only healed his body but he healed his soul the Bible says what should a profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul there's nothing more valuable to God than a lost soul. There's nothing more important to God than seeing people who are far from Him run back to Him. And I'm telling you, when we embrace everything that God has for us, listen to me, man, He'll change us. He really will. He will not just change us, but He gives us new beginnings. He gives us new life and new purpose. And, and you know, we just want people to have and experience what we've experienced personally experienced. Let me tell you something, when Jesus changes your life and changes your marriage, and man, he, he sets, a, sets your life and sets your family in a new direction, and man, you become realigned with him, and all of a sudden, man, you, you say goodbye to your past, man, now you're, you're no longer living in bondage, but now you're living in freedom, and you're starting to grow, and you're starting to become the person whom God created you to be, and man, as you're coming close to him, he's coming close to you, and you're walking in that oneness and that fellowship with God, and man, as you're, as you're experiencing that relationship with God, and now you're walking in this newfound freedom in Christ and your, your identity has been radically changed. The identity of that paralyzed man had been radically changed. He was no longer the same person. He was a new person who had been healed, who had been set free. And as a result, now together, those four men and that changed man's life suddenly came together. And what did they do? They began to instantly make a difference. The people were astonished. They were amazed because the power of God had worked in those individuals' lives. And I believe that's what can happen in a small group, a life group. That's what can happen when we step foot, man, inside of a, inside of a, of a home or maybe a coffee shop. And, man, we're doing life with people. And we're growing and we're developing. And, man, our vision is getting renewed. Our, our vision is getting expanded. We're beginning to realize the urgency of the hour and the opportunity we have to make a difference. And, therefore, man, we're taking steps in our journey of faith. As a result, man, we're, we're not just taking steps, but, man, we're taking ownership. And we're saying, God, use me, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, use me to make a difference in the lives of other people.